Hi, and welcome to this episode of Our Guest Is, presented by My East Coast Experience Media in partnership with RBC. I'm Natalie Fournier. Our Guest Is introduces us to a resilient group of people typically called immigrants, but perhaps better described as entrepreneurs, community builders, and survivors. In each episode, we'll be hearing all about their journey to Canada's East Coast in their own words. Today, our guest is Ronnie Ibrahim. Ronnie, I'm just going to do a little short bio about you before we get started. So you're originally from Cairo, Egypt, and you moved to Canada as an international student in 2002. You currently work with the government of Nova Scotia as Director of Economic Development and Trade, and you have a professional background in marketing, business. Your education includes a PhD from Dalhousie University. Of course, work, yeah. And an MBA from Cape Breton University, among like many, many other <laughs> educational accolades. Uh, you're, you were among Canada, Atlanta, Canada's 50 most inspiring entrepreneurial leaders under 40, you're a top 25 Canadian Immigrant Awards winner and were recognized by the Nova Scotia House of Assembly for your contributions and community involvement. You're also on the Most Inspiring Immigrants Advisory Committee and you were recognized as one of the most inspiring immigrants in Atlanta, Canada in 2017. Also have to note that you have a Wikipedia page, which is pretty cool because I think besides a celebrity, I've never met an actual like person in person that has a Wikipedia page. So good on you. Thank you. And I feel like you could add more to that Wikipedia page, just as I could add more to that bio that I read, because you you have quite a life. You're, you know, volunteering, you're involved in the community, you know, your jobs in the past, job present, and just your journey to Atlanta, Canada and what it has brought to you. And I guess we can get started by just talking about your journey to Atlanta, Canada. So just tell us about, you know, why you made that decision and, and what it was like to get here. Growing up, I always felt there is something out there uh, for me, but I, I didn't know what it was. And I always have this kind of discontent or uh, feeling that even I was I was uh, getting or achieving some of my goals, it wasn't quite what I'd like to do or where I should be. Uh, period to come into Canada, I had a successful, like I completed my undergrad and even while doing my undergrad, I started working fairly young. And this is not traditional for Egyptian youth to start working from high school onwards. And so I kind of broke uh, the tradition in terms of uh, being independent from that age and able to have my own income and living on my own and travel and explore. My family allowed me or family condition allowed me to, to, to have this kind of uh, non-traditional early uh, life. Uh, that uh, even while exploring career in hospitality, tourism, and aviation, uh, while uh, finishing my undergrad, I uh, came across, stumbled across a Canadian uh, education fair, international education fair, and, and I just uh, went with my friends and just exploring, just roaming around and looking at the, from one booth to another, and I stumbled around one of the universities. Uh, uh, master program, uh, like a graduate degree program, and, and to get lead into a master program. And uh, for me, academia wasn't a target. Like I, I never thought myself as a successful graduate student or like you know, I, I passing my courses mm -hmm. and getting it done. Uh, I was more focused on a professional life and you know um, what the excitement of doing things. More of a worker, uh, maybe. More of a yeah. worker, yes. Uh, but I, uh, I came across a, a scholarship. Uh, opportunity that 
between uh, agreement between the government of Canada and the government of Egypt and make it almost like international competition that uh, you can compete in this scholarship and will be covered by uh, like the winners will be uh, <laughs> included in this program and uh, Egypt is a large country mm-hmm. like back then it was around 65 million uh, population now it's over a hundred and, oh, wow. and, and 10 million so but uh, among the 65 million most majority are youth so uh, the, the pool of competition for the re- recent graduate was, was quite uh, high like uh, tens of thousands probably uh, yeah. competed on this I just throw my name in the hat and and uh, I passed a series of uh, intense exams, started from IQ to English to, uh, you know, more technical and, and, and comprehensive. And I keep passing. And every time I pass one of these exams, I, I, I get surprised. Why? why are you I'm, sure? Are you sure it's, it's right? It's correct? It's like, am I that, uh, yeah. you know, uh, smart? And, 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 and uh, until the last... Uh, exam and, and, and that led to an interview and I wasn't quite sure that uh, this is just, uh, I'm, I'm testing it. That's not that's something I, I would like to pursue really. And then when I had this interview, it was an aha moment that, uh, you know what, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's a fate, maybe it's something that uh, it's a calling and I should follow it through. And uh, Canada had always had this kind of positive, uh, internationally positive image and positive uh, uh, perception. So uh, I thought, uh, you know, if it led me to be to go there, uh, of course, it's you know, I, I should follow it, and and that's how I, you know, uh, dropped everything and successful career I had, and 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 all. Of course, I have to leave family and friends yeah. and all this stuff. So it's lots of things to consider, but I, I followed this calling and I never looked back since. It it was uh, when every time I look back, hindsight twenty twenty. But it's I think I feel the right decision, the right time, and opened the door for a whole new me, a whole new life in Canada, which you, is yeah. uh, what you mentioned earlier. And I love that idea of fate and, you know, you're going through this journey, you're going through this comp- competitive, you know, scholarship process and just letting, you know, I don't know if it's nature or fate or, you know, something, just take its course, just let it happen. And, and, and it has changed your whole, your whole life. Do you find you're a, a competitive person? I can be. Uh, it, it depends. If something I'm passionate about, something I really believe in, I'll go all the way. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I have perseverance or, or determination or not say, taking no just in, in the face of it. It's it's something I start at this point that being calculated stubborn, uh, yeah. but, but in, in, in the right way. Uh, but that's what what made me able to overcome lots of the challenges that were thrown in my way, and uh, it wasn't an easy transition as well. It mm-hmm. was lots of hiccups, and but uh, you take it and uh, you overcome it, and you find ways to go through it. Even when you're back to the wall, it just you, you say, you know what, it's uh, do or die. Yeah, I was reading um, online about the decision you made to become a cosmopolitan Canadian. I love that word and not because it's a alcoholic drink, um, <laughs> but just that it's so, you know, it's so um, it just describes so much positives and, you know, glamour really to me. But you wanted to become a cosmopolitan Canadian when you moved to Halifax. Can you elaborate on what that means to you and how it helped your transition? When I first came and uh, as an international student, so uh, there's a couple of ways you can go about it. One, you go to the expats and just you have your own group. So you have, 
easier transition to your culture shock and, and, and feel like you're the homesick will be lesser, lesser, lesser. Or you can just, you know what, you throw yourself into the, the mix and uh, you have to adapt and learn and, and be open to this kind of um, uh, culture, sh- uh, culture shock uh, adaptation. So, um, and that's what I choose to do. It's like, you know what, uh, yeah, maybe I'll have the comfort having just surrounding myself with only mm-hmm. uh, expats, and, but that's not going to help me in integration. And uh, I'm here, if I wanted to uh, be around expats, might as well just stay home, mm-hmm. uh, where I have my family and friends and, you know, everybody speaks the same language and uh, have the same uh, culture understanding. So uh, it was calculated decision, and, and I, I made a point. I went out of my way to 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 integrate, and integrate was uh, multi groups, not just from uh, the local Canadians, but even uh, another uh, the other uh, international students from all over the world. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, from either from the university community or broadening the community itself. So um, and 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 that's uh, allowed me to. Uh, to, to get a flavor of uh, what it, uh, uh, what where is uh, the commonalities, where where is how we can enhance each other's uh, experiences and, and 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 support each other as well, like uh, creating support network. Canada's in in, in its history is a cosmopolitan. Uh, although, like you know, that the early ages, you know, France and England and all this, have the Canada Foundation, but it's uh, it's, it's it's transcended now. When you look at Canada, the, the population pockets in Canada, it's pretty much uh, United Nation in mm-hmm. just it's it's in, in one country. Yeah, and I um, wanted to talk about a little bit about population and a bit of a culture shock too, because Cairo, your home city, is over ten million people. Um, and you were moving to a province at the time in 2002 that wasn't even close to a million people. And now, of course, you know, we have grown substantially. But was there a culture shock, you know, situation for you when you came here from, you know, a, a very busy city to a not so busy city? And did you see opportunity in that? Of course, actually, not just uh, to, uh, Nova Scotia. I, I moved even Sydney, Cape Breton, and it right, was even smaller. Yeah. And I came, and I, I recall it vividly. It was winter. It was uh, dark. It was gloom. It was around Christmas time. Everything is closed. Campus is closed. Uh, they opened the campus just for me, so I can. Oh. I didn't have any any other place to go. I like because my I started the, sem- the winter semester, which is uh, January onwards. But I came okay. and. Around the holidays in December, just to get settled, but yeah. uh, the campus was closed. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> so yeah, like it was, uh, you know, it's uh, nobody was uh, like barely anybody around. Yeah. The weather was uh, <laughs> uh, not so great. Not so great, <laughs> and uh, of course, I wasn't even geared yet, like uh, in terms of adaptation and, yeah. and either from clothing or or or, or um, I really know what to expect, mm-hmm. and even when when the school starts uh, started, and when when I started to venture in the community itself, it was of course smaller, and uh, things are closed early. Like in Cairo, twenty four seven, you go out in the street, you can eat, you hang out with friends, cafes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always something to do, and the, the noise and hustle and bustle, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you, so I, I I missed that in the beginning, and because it's super quiet yeah. after six o'clock, or <laughs> it would almost be <laughs> like hearing an air conditioner all day, and then you go home where there is no air conditioner and it's this 
almost deafening silence. Was it something like that for you or just the silence was so... It was creepy, and yeah. to the point that I used to put the radio on and and, and noise. I used to create noise around yeah. me just to make me feel like I'm I'm not alone. Like I'm I'm I'm, I'm still yeah. <laughs> in this kind of busy have this kind of busy life uh, uh, around me yeah. um, uh, gradually. But like he, he, if you ask me this question right now, I actually enjoy silence. I enjoy nice. quietness. Yeah. I adapt it to <laughs> you know the, the peaceful, relaxed. Yeah. Uh, lifestyle yes the silence of of you know quiet quieter city not so much in the last maybe five years the city has definitely changed which is amazing how fast it's grown um, but yeah sometimes silence is nice <laughs> <laughs> so now that Nova Scotia has passed that one million population point um, I, I read too that it increased almost by 30,000 people between July of 2021 and June of 2022 um, and 13,000 of that number were immigrants. How do you think the province can attract and keep immigrants in Atlantic Canada? I think it's uh, uh, it, uh, creating opportunities or uh, supporting uh, uh, entrepreneurship or new entrepreneurs to, to, uh, to, to bring investment or create investment or build uh, new businesses. Um, uh, the business side of it is very important, but uh, the integration uh, as well, it, it, it's a fulsome um, array of, of tools that you have to have it in place because um, it, it has consequences as well. Like you have uh, the, uh, housing, you have uh, the healthcare, you have other things, the services that will have to service these uh, new um, uh, newcomers. Mm. So um, I think it's, it's lots of good things happening. It's, it's a good problem to be solved. Uh, I think that's a trigger because uh, the newcomers or new immigrants that come, some of them are doctors, so yeah. helping to fulfill some of the issues that uh, about shortage, doctor shortage, for example, or other professionals, uh, you know, in, in certain age, uh, certain uh, areas. The aging population in general, which is across overarching across Canada, uh, was 5 million, I think, uh, the last uh, number I read, mm-hmm. uh, going to retirement within the next uh, few years. So uh, there is a need and there is uh, opportunities to be filled. Uh, And uh, these newcomers come with new experiences, uh, the talent pool that we will pull from to enhance our economy or our uh, social uh, fabric. I mean, Mm -hmm. these cities, towns and cities are either declining or or, 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 on the risk of being not sustainable, just leaving yeah. it or a few homes or a few houses. And you want to make sure that uh, the population uh, enhancing this kind of demographic balance across the province and making sure that it's bringing prosperity as well to everybody, including the people that were born and raised here or mm-hmm. not necessarily newcomers. And what do you think the future for Nova Scotia will look like? Uh, you know what? I always say, uh, look half full. I think we're doing really well. I think we're going in the right uh, direction. Uh, within Canada, I mean, Halifax is one of the fastest growing cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Nova Scotia, one of the fastest growing provinces in terms of population. And that's people go to a place that have opportunity, mm-hmm. the place that uh, have a good reputation, uh, it's safe. Uh, uh, they see a future for, for themselves and for their children. So uh, that's pretty much testimony. Uh, if, if more people from all over the world considering coming and, uh, to Nova Scotia or to Halifax, that's, uh, that, uh, that's indication that actually, you know what, we are on to something here. Uh, we stand out, not just within Canada, internationally. I used to work in immigration, one of my early jobs as a public servant. I used to go internationally recruit for, for Canada and for Nova Scotia. And 
we compete in Australia with New Zealand with other parts of the world and mm-hmm. and and you know there is Australia weather may be nicer but yeah they have like you know also if you went to the, the wildlife or many things can, can kill you the Poisonous. spiders <laughs> <laughs> that hide so, in your shoes. <laughs> so so like you know every place has its own like you know uh, um, uh, attractions or disattraction. So uh, you, you're doing this kind of competition and globally, and you stand out. And even within Canada, you stand out as well. Uh, again, like uh, Nova Scotia or Halifax, not going to be for everybody. Right. Yeah. There's people even like, people who are born and raised here. It's not for them either. Exactly. <laughs> Some people are like you know what? I want to be in Toronto. I want yeah. to be in Vancouver. Just a, it. It is a decision. Pre doesn't not necessarily tie to specific or have a family or just I want to be in a larger, busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York, like maybe city. they need the noise. Need you know, the noise. <laughs> busy cities. What some are escaping from? Yeah. Yes. Uh, even people, you know, from Ontario. We saw that during the COVID pandemic exactly. that people wanted that silence, that quiet life, that comfortable life, and yeah, moving here from the big cities. And, and being on the ocean here as well. I mean, like oh, here, yeah. you don't have to drive far to find a beach or or, yeah. or, 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 or see even the ocean. You can see it from this window where the podcast <laughs> exactly. is happening. Yeah. <laughs> What attracted you to stay in Nova Scotia? Like, you know, you graduated. I mean, why did you stay here? Uh, that's a very good question. I uh, the, I was told that uh, many of my friends left. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm among the very few that uh, decided to stay. And I, I uh, occasionally was like, you know, why are you still there? Like, because I love it here. I created uh, a community and I created... A, ties and link and deep mm-hmm. roots i feel like, like when someone asks me like you know oh yes i'm a canadian i'm a nova scotian and uh, right now i'm a haligonian as well um that's becoming how i identify myself started from being integrated in a community building this kind of relationships uh, uh more reasons and excuses uh to stay make it harder and harder for you to to leave behind or uh, um, and also when you hear from your friends uh, that left to other places of uh, other places across Canada, they you hear the stories and you compare. It's like you know what I think I, I have the, I did the right decision and I, I'm here. Maybe I'm not getting paid more, mm-hmm. but guess what? Um, doesn't cost me much more as well for you know if I'm uh, in getting, a bigger city in a bigger yeah. city or the, the how much time I'm, I'm wasting in, in a bigger city as well. Yeah. You also contribute to my East Coast Experience media online and you write articles and you've done interviews with CNN and CTV. And um, so uh, I feel almost nervous like interviewing you because you could be interviewing me. Um, But you wrote an article for my East Coast Experience where you pointed out the good and the bad that comes with that common maritime phrase come from away. Uh, Would you summarize that article for our listeners really quickly and explain why this phrase is good and bad? It's good and bad because uh, it's good when it's uh, put in a positive uh, um, uh, light of you know, bringing experience in something exciting. If mm-hmm. it's uh, about uh, your culture or uh, the cuisine or, or, or something can be uh, shared and adapted and welcomed. It's, it's bad when it's uh, being uh, positioned as you are a stranger or you're not uh, one of us or yeah. you're, uh, from here. Yeah. you're not from here or you're coming to take something away from us. Yeah. Or put us, uh, put us on a disadvantage. And, and, and this is something whenever any newcomer come and ask me for an advice, I tell them like, you know what, make sure that uh, you contribute to you and you, the value proposition from a, this is a business terminology but really what value you bring here 
not just what you're coming here for, if you're a refugee for refuge, for safety, if you're an uh, economic uh, immigrant, you're coming for better life for you and for your family. Mm-hmm. But what you bring to the table as well, what you bring into Canada, what you bring to Nova Scotia, what you bring into your community, because people need to hear that. Sometimes you can do it and you just you don't think that, you know, you think people might realize it. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, sometimes you have just, you know, to, to, to flag it, like, you know, uh, and I make a point that I'm participating, I'm uh, volunteering, I'm doing service uh, uh, that uh, nobody else uh, able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and that's, make the point and uh, diffuse some of this um, negative connotation that yeah. comes with come from away but it's uh, it's there is lots of progress happened since when I wrote this article to nowadays in terms of uh, the more people come the more people integrate the more become cosmopolitan to your mm-hmm. earlier uh, comment makes uh, makes it more uh, a lesser problem mm-hmm. and make it uh, less time or energy spent on explaining it. Sometimes yeah. even you don't need to just brush it aside and just keep doing the right thing or keep doing what you think it's the right thing. And uh, and uh, end of the day, like you, you've proven right. It, it's We're not the first and, and the only. Mm-hmm. The entire nation is founded on immigration. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, back to, you know, your writing experience and you often discuss your personal journey in these columns. Why do you think it's important to share your personal journey for immigrants to read about? To, to give them hope, to give them uh, examples, uh, everyone and our many people might look at their own problems or their own experiences. Like you know what, it's it's uh, it's it's too hard, and I don't think I can over it, or it's, uh, I don't think others would be able to do that. And it gives them hope and a glimpse of hope that you know what, uh, don't worry, keep at it. Uh, you're not the only one. I, I, I went through this before. This is how I, 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 I got over it. And this is how I was able to be successful. You can do it too. And give them this kind of motivation and hope and, and a, a little bit of advice um, that, uh, you know, perseverance is, is, is a key skill for them to, to, uh, to move forward. And they already heroes in their own way mm-hmm. in terms of uh, or champions or, or uh, above average in terms of leaving everything behind either uh, their own decision or their decision forcing them if yeah. they're refugees and having to start from scratch or even from don't have even the basics to start uh, sometimes a winter uh, coat like you said you know you didn't have the winter clothing to move to cape breton I, I had what I thought it was winter clothing, right. but it's an Egyptian standards, which is not quite insulated. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Egyptian winter is a whole different I bet. winter. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, uh, it, 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 is, it is back to the basics mm-hmm. and it, it gives them hope that, you know what, you can do it and uh, dig deep. There is, we are stronger deep inside and you always, sometimes you don't know how strong you are or how far you can go unless you face a situation and you decide, you know what, that's how I'm going to to proceed. And I think that's why in in the intro for this podcast, we always say, you know, not not only entrepreneurs, community builders and survivors. I mean, we're talking about survivors like that, you know, exactly what you just said of digging deep inside and making those tough decisions and choices. Sometimes they're made for you. And 
uh, persevering. And, you know, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned half glass full. I mean, you're a very optimistic person. Uh, and, and I think when people read your articles and learn about you and read about you, I mean, they, that is so evident in, in what you present. And I think that would inspire everyone, you know. One of my key aha moments, uh, actually a couple of aha moments, one of them was when I, uh, uh, first time I, I uh, when I worked in immigration, uh, as an immigration official, uh, recruiting immigrants, presenting internationally, there was an event in London and another one in Dubai, and I have audience from all over the world and, and, and uh, telling them about opportunities in Canada, the immigration program and what, what not, and uh, I, I get questions from the floor. It's like, you know, how we can be successful. I look, I told them, like, look, uh, the, the person standing in front of you not long ago was an international student from Egypt. Yeah. Uh, here I am, uh, you know, a Canadian uh, official. Uh, the second home moment for me was actually very recent. I was an international event representing the government of Canada and uh, of province in, uh, in, in the EU, you know, as a... Uh, making a full statement and taking uh, uh, showcasing uh, you know the official <laughs> position for, for for us in, in internationally and that was a big deal yeah. for me like again like this this kid that came as an international student not long ago mm-hmm. now he is representing the country internationally in an international audience in an official manner that's a big deal uh, yeah <laughs> To me. Big accomplishment, oh, for sure. So it was, again, like it, it hit me. Sometimes it doesn't hit you until you are in a situation. You know it's, it, it's, it's important, you do, mm-hmm. it's a part of the job, and, but it, it, uh, the aha moment, really, when you reflect on your own, where you started, mm-hmm. that's where it brings it home to you. And that's where give you motivation that you can go far even more than where you are right now. And hopefully others can, can do the same or even better. Why do you think it's important for non-immigrant Canadians to learn about your personal journey, whether they're reading it in the columns or listening to this podcast or, or just meeting you in person? Uh, there is some life skill and it's, uh, it's transferable. I mean, uh, if it's uh, uh, if, you, if they're not immigrants, if you're in, in temporary bases or in students, you know, the, the, it will be allow them to uh, have a, a better experience in, in terms of the time that they're spending here or living here or working here as, as a foreign worker or international student. If it's someone in a different country and just hearing hearing about me. And actually, I was surprised that uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, I got notified that uh, by the government of Canada that I'm being taught in French talk textbooks in uh, for in, uh, for uh, high school students in France in public. You <laughs> public are? Students. I am. I'm, 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 my profile in a textbook there and they, they need my, my agreement, of course. So, that. so I'm being taught in France uh, like in my story. So that was another cool oh, thing. Another okay, home yeah. <laughs> that uh, I, I did not expect because yeah. they found me somehow and, and they decided, they, they saw that it, they can use it to teach them English and uh, about Canada as well. So uh, it, there is the, the, the transferable skills as well, promoting, uh, you know, the um, um, uh, active citizenship or, or being involved or uh, taking chances or taking opportunities and uh, going the extra mile and that can, can pay off. Mm-hmm. The hard work pays off. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about your family, whether it's your family uh, in Cairo or your family here. And I mean, again, back to 
the aha moments of, hey, I was an international student and now I'm here permanently and I have a family. I mean, can you elaborate a little bit on that? So my family, my partner and I living here in Halifax, uh, uh, we have... uh, Two sons. Uh, well, I, I, uh, uh, the most recent one is Alex. He's uh, 15 months old, uh, boy, and uh, Jacob is uh, 10 years old. I just took him recently to the World Cup in Qatar. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge experience for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're, we're living, and we have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> my course. mom, my mom, uh, and my dad. Um, my dad passed away a few years ago. My mom, um, retired banker. And actually, I learned a lot from my mom. Um, she was a uh, hard worker as well and, and, and inspired me to to do to be who I am today. In fact, uh, recently, she just uh, came and stayed with us and immigrated uh, oh. as well. Like She was living with us right now. And um, and uh, she's retired uh, right now, but uh, I think it's it, 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 it part of the, 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 the immigrant experience. She attended a couple of the events that I was recognized and I was I was very proud, not yeah. necessarily with the award, that the fact that she was in the room with me, um, that she, she saw it, that, yeah. uh, that it meant a lot for both of us. I was going to say, if, um, you know, it must have been challenging in a lot of ways too, and your successes from you know, 2002 up until recently when, you know, she was able to see you in person. Was it was that ever in the back of your mind that, God, I really wish my family was here and I wish they were experiencing this with me? Yes, and especially in the beginning because um, they weren't too warm about me leaving, abandoning every, uh, everything and leaving uh, Egypt and, and uh, migrate to Canada. Uh, they were, the fact, because I was well established and I had lots of opportunities ahead of me and they just did not comprehend why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried to explain, but I just, it's, it, I, I couldn't illustrate it uh, to them. So the more things happening to me here, it was uh, very uh, important for me to share with them. It's like, you know, this is why. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took them a few years to understand it and to see it. But... Uh, Later on, it just, you know, that, yes, uh, you did the right right decision. What do you think your life would have been like if you stayed in Egypt? Uh, hard to tell. It's, uh, I probably, oh, so many experiences. I'm not mm-hmm. even like my, the tra- trajectory of my life, it just uh, went to a whole different level. Uh, not even in the same book. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so I, it's hard, hard to, to imagine it at this point. Yeah, I had an interesting, exciting life uh, back then, but also my life right now is more interesting, more exciting. Uh, I mentioned some of the examples that, you know, working uh, in, a, in a government here in Canada or uh, teaching at, at, at a local university. Again, I never thought myself as an academic yeah. uh, from being like an average student to, you know, excel in graduate studies to above average and be able to be a professor. I just I qu- never imagined myself teaching uh, on a university level in in in, in Canada or elsewhere, mm-hmm. so that's again another another uh, perspective that if I stayed where I was, I would never uh, access such opportunities. Is there anything that you would have changed about your journey to Atlantic Canada? A few. I mean, you know what? I I taught myself that you know what. Uh, 
whatever happened happened you keep moving on you learn from it if it's it's a good thing that's great it happened if it's a bad thing it's you know to you learn you know uh, from it and, and and you move on i had lots of challenges but i had lots of opportunities i'm very grateful lots of and also it wasn't it wasn't just me actually it's a network around me there's people help me to get to where i'm at and where i can go uh, so this support network people are still in our life right now and people passed away and i'm grateful to every one of them i wouldn't be here right now talking to you if it wasn't for them there are times that either i couldn't find anybody or find very few people but really there are some people stood out by me give me the hope if if not nothing logistical just the hope or the glimpse of hope that they allowed me to go to the extra mile. And that's some of the messages that I try always to communicate is, you know what, you don't have to, if you even you're short of helping a newcomer or immigrant or it's just anybody, just talk to them. Mm-hmm. If you can do it in material sense or something logistical, just at least give them the hope and the glimpse and, and listen to them because that can be make a huge difference for them. But it, 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 it's different when people be feel cornered and everything shut and don't feel there is a future that's a dark side. You don't you really mm-hmm. try to uh, avoid. Everyone should have your optimism. <laughs> well, uh, I hope I hope even I'm more op- uh, optimistic. Like I, I uh, like recently with COVID and everything else, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it all of us uh, uh, saw. Uh, many aspects, many new realities around us and within our own homes and our own mm-hmm. lives. And uh, so I think it's uh, uh, looking at this uh, recent experience that touched all of us, uh, I think it will make a difference for our life more moving forward because it also allowed us to look deep inside and see uh, things that we didn't, we didn't know that we could possible or we can do. What did it mean to you to be recognized as one of the most inspiring immigrants in Atlantic Canada? It, 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 it's an honor, and I don't take it lightly, and it's a privilege as well. Like you know, so many people do things and not being realized or noticed, and uh, I was fortunate that you know people realized or noticed me. Maybe I was in the right place in the right time, and and. Uh, Again, like, you know, this kind of recognition, uh, it means a lot to me, but also I want to use it as uh, uh, an opportunity to share with others to, you know what, you can be recognized as well. And this is kind of the things or the the traits that, Mm -hmm. you know, allow you to be, to achieve this kind of recognition or this kind of status in, 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 in public life. Was the picture I saw online, was that you receiving your award with Mayor Mike Savage? That's correct, yeah. That picture looked like two bros, like, shaking <laughs> hands. Like, it wasn't a handshake. It was like a, a grip of fists. And, you know, like, he was, like, right on. I mean, do you have a personal relationship with the mayor? Or? He's very cool. Like, I, I know him uh, professionally. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, he's down to earth and easy. To your, to, I don't know if I ever met him uh, to, yeah. to, to relate to him. He saw me in a couple of uh, public functions, uh, newcomers or immigrants, and noticed some of the activities we do. And uh, when he saw me, on the sta- of course, he knows the names uh, before mm-hmm. the stage, when he presented the award himself and saw me on the stage, he, he visually recognized me fairly yeah. quickly. And He seemed like proud, to, proud to meet you, proud to give you the award, and proud of you, you know. It's and like- and that's, a, that's, a, that's a, great, uh, a, a great feeling that you know that you know the mayor of your own city and... and uh, is, is, is proud of you that give you motivation even to do more yeah 
And I had this, a similar experience with uh, a premier and, a, you know, with, with other with the ministers. And so it's, 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 it's a great when you see this kind of uh, recognition from, from public officials on that, that level. It makes you uh, uh, put more uh, pressure on, on your shoulder as well in terms of responsibility. You want to yeah. make sure that you're, <laughs> you know... good pressure and then there's bad pressure. <laughs> it's a good yeah. pressure that you want, you want to do more and you want to, uh, you know, make sure that... Uh, uh, going further and building up and not letting anybody down. What do you see for yourself in the future? Where uh, do you see yourself in five years? Do you love that question? <laughs> I wish I know the answer. Anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing for uh, for being an immigrant or newcomer. Like, uh, Or for me personally, I always left the door open. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. Open door for opportunities. Uh, don't be shy of exploring or, or, or uh, trying things. And uh, that's how... That how you can be successful. People don't try, don't win, don't get, don't be successful. So, uh, and I have, I have this kind of uh, attitude, and so the, the door is open. Like I will, I'll, whenever there is a, uh, something new and exciting, I'll, I'll give it a try. And but also right now, of course, with family and everything uh, around me, is when, with age as well. <laughs> yeah, you take more calculated decisions, mm-hmm. uh, not not quite uh, impulsive or following your gut feeling or your passion. But passion is still part of me, part of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I cannot just abandon it completely. But I uh, integrate it in a more calculated, more careful, cautious uh, uh, decisions. Until the kids are like 18, then you can be wild Then out again. of the window, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Ronnie. And thank you to everyone joining us today for this episode of Our Guest Is. If you don't want to miss the next episode, make sure you subscribe. You can find us on MyEastCoastExperience.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. Plus, don't forget you can follow My East Coast Experience on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Natalie Fournier. Thanks again and hope you join us for our next episode.